the things that matter most are this book. Because there is a time, there is a time coming for each and every one of us where all of the other things will, will disappear and all of the other things and their importance will fall away. The things that remain are the things that ought to be eternal in our heart and our soul. Those are the things that we ought to be storing up in our lives so that when we are old, we'll have these memories. We'll hold these things dear. Today on the Songtime Broadcast, we're continuing our study here, our Proverb A Day in May. Our theme verse is Proverbs 22.6, to train up a child in the way he should go even when he is old. He will not depart from it. What are we doing to prepare ourselves for those days when we become old? Stay tuned for that message. But first, we'll be joined once again uh, by a short segment, looking back at our recent Definitions Conference and uh, talking a little bit about mental health issues facing adolescents. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. At a recent Definitions Conference titled Train Up a Child, we had some amazing speakers. Dr. Ted Tripp and his wife Margie did a great job at communicating how parents and grandparents, how ministry leaders and even teachers in schools can can disciple the next generation by speaking to their heart, not simply trying to organize or construct uh, behavioral modifications, but actually get to their heart and teach them how to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's not just about getting information in their head or controlling their actions. It really is about making them followers of Christ. Our other guest, Dr. James Manganello, is a local Christian psychologist, and we invited him to talk about some mental health issues that children are facing, especially over the past several years. As we brought the conference to a close, we had a final session where it was a Q&A, a panel discussion with all three of our keynote speakers, and we opened it up to the floor for questions. And as you could probably guess, they there were a lot of questions about this mental health uh, concern. Uh, today, we're going to hear a little snippet from that panel discussion, and both of them were directed at Dr. James Manganello. one talking about ADHD, uh, hyperactive behavior, and the other talking about um, children, especially little children, who are attracted to dolls or feminine toys, and uh, boys that are attracted to feminine toys and girls, vice versa, attracted to masculine toys, and how to handle that. And here are his answers. I am simply uh, translating the, the, the questions from the audience to our speakers, so you'll hear me uh, talk a little bit, but really this is, both of these questions are for Dr. James Manganello. So how do you discipline someone who has ADHD? So this is a good question for you, Jim. How do you discipline somebody who's wrong? They need to understand their boundaries, they need to understand what's right and what's wrong. And especially if two kids, one with a severe problem and one who's not, uh, how do you deal with them especially differently? You get all the tough questions. <laughs> Each child is different regardless of whether they have ADHD or not. And you have to deal with each child differently. Um, And so in that case, if they have ADHD, you want to be able to confine them to a particular area so they're not terribly distracted. But ADHD is not only the environmental distraction, It's also the internal distraction. And that's where most of it comes from. From that vantage point, now I'm going to get into medicine, 
But there is medication that you can help a child with that's very helpful so that they can focus. And the more that you can help the child focus with some medication, the better they're going to be able to understand and comply to what it is that needs to be complied to. If, it's not, if you don't, you're going to find yourself always going after them, and after a while you become frustrated, as they are frustrated, and communication will break down immediately. Yeah, no. let, me, let me kind of summarize the question here. Uh, how do you handle that and approach that? And Jim, this will, I guess will be for you as well. Mm. In the context of having a child that's very young that's drawn towards uh, things of the opposite more gender. Yeah. More feminine, a boy that's drawn. I have to say, I, was, I grew up with two older sisters. Uh, I thought, you know, girls had more attention, so I wanted to do the girl things too, right? <laughs> so the question is, at, at a young age, when they're showing these things, I think parents are concerned that they might make a misstep and, and encourage that behavior or, or cause a negative to where that, courage, that behavior is actually flamed. Enhanced. Enhanced in some way. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, the reason why they ask you not to discourage a child from choosing one or the other and letting them play out their interest is the theory behind that is that if you make something not attractive, in other words, you don't want them to go for that, that's the very thing they're going to want to go for. It's like, like everybody says, no, you shouldn't be doing this, and the very thing is you do. I mean, someone says, don't touch the hot stove, and you want to find out what goes on, what it hurts, it hurts. They touch the hot stove. So the issue there is that you need to give options of direction. You don't just let the child be unidirectional or self-directed or emotionally directed. You want the child to be able to engage, depending on how old they are, four, yeah. So at that point, the very concrete thinking. And so you want to help and engage the child with concrete options that are there not just let them play out the girl things. So there are a variety of things that you'll let them do, not just go for the girls. Uh, that's a big mistake that we do in today's psychotherapy uh, or even psychological thought. Uh, it's a real problem. Yeah, but that's what you do. We've been listening to a short segment from our recent Definitions Conference to train up a child. We've been hearing from Dr. James Manganello as he's answering questions from our guests, talking about mental health issues that our, uh, that our children are facing, especially in our day and age. And Dr. James Manganello is a local Christian psychologist, so he deals with these issues on a regular basis. Uh, there's a lot more to this. Honestly, there is so much more content that we weren't able to share, but uh, Dr. James Manganello is, is trying to convey some really helpful resources. All of these resources from the conference will be made available up on our website at songtime.com. Uh, as we post them there, we'll be putting them up as we get to them. I mean, there is so much content. Uh, we want to make that available to you. So to find out more information, head over to our website at songtime.com or give us a call, 508-362-7070. That's 
7070. Well, today we are continuing in the same theme, talking about how to train up a child. We're looking at a proverb a day in May, and this verse, to train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We'll all grow old eventually. The question is, will we be able to hide God's word in our hearts so that when we are old, we'll be able to cling to that which matters most? Here is one of my messages and a continuation of our series, A Proverb a Day in May. I love this next phrase in Proverbs 22.6. Even when he is old. Now, some of you here are pretty old. You've reached that stage. In fact, I'm surprised that some of you are still driving. But this is a crucial component, isn't it? Because we all grow old. In my formative years of ministry, when I was in Bible college and in grad school, uh, my pastor at the church that I was going to uh, as an intern, he he sent me to a nursing home uh, to teach and preach there, uh, to gain some practice. He wasn't going to let me loose on a Sunday morning with his congregation, so he'd send me to those who probably wouldn't remember me. And I went for four years every Sunday. In four years, I missed five weeks. I began to preach and to teach, and I'd bring other students with me that could lead in songs and play the old hymns. And you know what I learned? Although their memories in many ways had had drifted and they had lost the capacity to hold on to things, whenever I, I preached from a familiar passage, their eyes would light up. Whenever we would sing one of the old hymns, their spirits would change. There was a, one lady, it was one of my favorites, her name was Golda. Uh, she was a saint. She was a, a bit of a wisecrack, and uh, I would introduce myself and say, Hi, my name is Adam. And Golda would say, oh, where's your Eve? (laughs) Not willing to be outdone by the humor of this elderly woman, I would respond by saying, I haven't found her yet, but if you see her before I do, tell her I'm looking. And she would laugh and laugh into a confusion and then look up at me again and say, what's your name? It was a captive audience, and yes, I would repeat the joke over and over and over again. It was life-giving. But where they weren't able to retain short-term information, remember my name? Over years of pouring into them, they could define the word propitiation, my favorite theological word, satisfaction. That what Christ did on the cross to satisfy the wrath of God for us. Something was particularly important in those lessons for me. Because in my youthfulness, in my pride and my arrogance, I thought uh, I could do and pick and choose the things that I liked and, and study the things that I wanted. And realizing that at some point in time, all of those hobbies and all of those experiences in my life, those memories will be gone. In those moments in my life, I want to make sure that I have stuck to my bones the things that matter most. To hide God's word in our hearts. 
I want to fill my life with the things that are eternal, the things that cannot pass away, and that short-term memory cannot forget. And so when I help you and encourage you to, to memorize Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, what I am doing for you is what I want for myself and what I saw in these members of this nursing home. The things that matter most are this book. Hide this book in your heart because there is a time. There is a time coming for each and every one of us where all of the other things will, will disappear and all of the other things and their importance will fall away. The things that remain are the things that ought to be eternal in our heart and our soul. Those are the things that we ought to be storing up in our lives so that when we are old, we'll have these memories. We'll hold these things dear. I've done a lot of funerals for those who've, who've lived a long life. And their character comes out true and honest when all of, their, all of the other aspects of them are lost. But those who spent time in this book, those who studied the Proverbs, these promises that their life will go well are seen clearly and evidently in those final years. So I can't encourage you enough to study the Word of God, to hide God's Word in your heart, because you too will get old. Today's proverb of the day in May is Proverbs chapter 26. Now these two verses that I'm going to be picking for today are probably my favorite here for this reason. I quote them all of the time when trying to help people understand the real heart of the book of Proverbs to teach nuance. What about things that seem contradictory? Can we hold contradictory ideas and they both be true? Well, listen to these two verses. It says, Answer not a fool according to his folly lest you be like him yourself. And the very next verse says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So what is it? Should we not answer a fool or should we answer a fool? And when is that appropriate? I think that Jesus picks up on this same theme when he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And we get to Matthew chapter 7, and he talks about uh, not judging lest you be judged, to take the beam out of your own eye before you can see clearly to help your brother with a speck in their eye. But then it goes on and says uh, to not throw your pearls before swine. Well, what is it, Jesus? Should we not judge or should we judge? Should we, should we not speak up or should we speak up? And how do we know the difference? Ultimately, that's what maturity is all about. Uh, God is trying to help us understand wisdom that knows when to speak and when not to speak. This first verse says, don't speak lest you end up like them. That's like throwing your pearls before swine. You end up in the mud and you lose the pearls. It's lost in the conflict. It's lost in the debate and you aren't able to win them and you just come out looking like a fool yourself. But the other point says to answer a fool according to their folly unless they appear right in their own eyes. Maybe people around them feel like their their opinion is supported. There is a whole world today of people are trying to articulate false information about Christians, about our faith, about what we believe, and we are shamed to speak up against those things because we're afraid to get in the fray, but we need to stand up for what is right, lest those false 
foolish statements are presented as true in our world. We need to be able to stand up and say, uh, come here and examine my life and see that, that what you just said is absolutely wrong. There is a time that's appropriate to answer a fool, lest he be wise in his own eyes. But there's also a time when not to answer a fool because you're just going to come out muddy. And that is why we must be discerning and wise and why we need the book of Proverbs. I hope that we've been able to encourage you today and I hope that you are following along with us. What are the, your favorite Proverbs from today? Uh, Proverbs chapter 26. What stood out to you? We'd love to hear from you. You can let us know by writing to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630. Or you can give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. That's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or look us up on social media. But don't forget to tune in again tomorrow. We'll continue our studies. We're looking at a proverb a day in May and this theme verse that challenges us to not forsake the way that we should go when we are old. I've had this conversation with more parents than I can count and when a parent or a grandparent tells me that they have a prodigal in their life. I want to remind them that you must not waver from the way that you should go. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it.